this is what is cool. Yeah. And this is what's American. Mm-hmm. Hi, and welcome to the Meet Your Heroes podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the podcast where we ignore the conventional wisdom to never meet your hero and we pull up a chair get up close and personal spill the tea get to know what big tea bags (laughs) our heroes really were that's one way to describe them we have many yes all right so we're back for another week we made it and after that week no promises no promises for now yes we're healthy we're so fortunate bringing you this A-plus quality podcast. From the front lines of our closet, safely quarantined. Yeah, we haven't... Straight to your ears. We haven't left in a month. That's we, We've been outside. Outside, yes. Not gone to... I've been in the car once in a month to yes. drive to that nature preserve. I've not been to any swimming pools. <laughs> no swimming pools, no parties, no keggers. Yeah. No fondue restaurants. Basically business as usual for us. Yeah. No dance joints. Nope. No dive bars. No crab shacks. No crab shacks. (laughs) I miss the crab shacks, goddamn. That's the (laughs) worst part about all of this. Those Midwest crab shacks. They can't beat them. You know, there's something special that happens to the flavor of crab (laughs) when you put it on a truck and you set it on the open road for a couple days. And it gets where it's going, and then someday somebody bites into that crab, and they're like, <laughs> this crab has the flavor of the open road. The open road. Yeah. Only gets better. Ain't just like fine wine. <laughs> like fine wine, indeed. Oof. So, Audrey, who's our hero today? I have no idea. Because Surprise. I did zero research. Yes. It's Trick your question. week. My week. Yay. So, Elliot. So, Elliot, who is our hero this week? Who is our hero this week? Well, in reflecting upon this moment of national crisis, we think Mm -hmm. back to the things that make us who we are as America, the things that make us great. Stealing. Resilient. Excuse me? Stealing. Stealing. Uh, Plundering. Well, Pillaging. It's it's worked out in the past. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, uh, we are going to get to know a great American hero, Mr. John Wayne. Oh, wow. I know nothing about John Wayne. I could probably pick out his photo okay. in That's a lineup. A That's a start. If somebody were to say, um, you know, he's being such a John Wayne, what would you think of? Well, my gut reaction is the Marlboro Man. <laughs> Just a Stetson. It's, it's easy to say. So, you know what? Some of us have struggled with our speech. Some of you never sat through several years of speech therapy and it shows. Oh, I did. Several years. Oh, I'm talking about me. Oh, okay. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, first of all, (laughs) I sat through many years of speech therapy. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know anything. Okay. Yeah. So, John Wayne for a whole generation of people came to symbolize the quintessential American man. Right? Okay. 
like very tough. Okay. Go getter. Mm-hmm. Rough on the edges, but heart of gold on the inside. Okay. And today, as his as his characters in the movie, or like as him as a person. In popular culture, the question is, where's that line drawn? What's sure. he really like? Mm-hmm. Let's get to see how similar those are. Let's do it. So John Wayne is born in Iowa, good heart of Middle America place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 1907, but he's born uh, with his given name, which is Marion Mitchell Morrison. Oh, wow. That is a (laughs) mouthful. Yes. Okay, Marion Morrison. Marion Morrison. So we're just going to call him Marion. Okay, sure. Uh, So Marion moves out to California at the age of 10, end of World War I. Yes, has a big old dog. That's neat. Airedale Terrier. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, always went around with it. The name was Duke. So because mm. the dog's name is Duke, he ends up getting the nickname Duke. Okay. That's where that comes from. This this gentle fellow has a lot of names. Yeah. Yeah. Really does. Varying degrees of toughness. So when uh, Marion is graduating high school, mm-hmm. decides to do kind of the quintessentially American patriotic thing and apply to join the military, applies to the Naval Academy, and is absolutely rejected. Oh, Does no. Does not get in. Oh, so, why? Uh, grades. Got it. Mostly. Um, decides to just go to USC because you're already in California. Why not? So you can't get into the Naval Academy, but just go to... Because USC joins a frat. Football player has a football scholarship. Oh, wow. So gets a football scholarship... Body surfing, just hanging out with all the other surfer dudes on the beach. Gets an injury, loses the football scholarship. Loses the football scholarship, drops out of school. Just bumming around in South Southern California. That happens fast. Yeah. So you got this Marion here who is kind of like eh, aimless wandering around college dropout. Gets a job on the set of a movie studio. Um is hired as the fourth assistant prop boy in 1925 at 18 years old by a director named John Ford. A John Wayne super fan needs to make a porn called the fourth assistant prop boy. <laughs> Hold on. That, that's Just a... two worlds colliding. It's a perfect title. Terrible plot. Terrible Don't plot. want to know about it. Never want to watch it. But I just feel like there's the opportunity right there. No. I've already got one better for you. <laughs> okay. A super fan needs to make one called Four Assistant Prop Boys. No. <laughs> Would watch. 10 Mo- out of 10. Moneymaker. <laughs> uh, so so, so Marion is here on the set of this job. College dropout. Decides. Got no career as a naval officer, obviously. Okay. Uh, got no prospects. I'm going to have... I'm going to join the movies. Okay. And uh, goes... Later on in an interview says, uh, quote, when I started, I knew I was no actor and I went to work on this Western thing. Right. Uh, it was a deliberate projection. As deliberate a projection as you'll ever see. I just figured I needed a gimmick. Mm. So this surfer guy's like, well, got to come up with something. He, he's prop boy on a Western. So there's this there's this guy walking around on this Western set named Wyatt Earp. 
Do you know this Familiar. name? Familiar, yeah. Yeah, right. So Wyatt Earp is, is like a legit Old West lawman who's mm-hmm. like old at this time, but he was alive in like the 1800s, like shooting up bad guys at OK Corral. Mm-hmm. And Wyatt Earp is just like walking around. And so John Wayne, this like surfer dude dropout, can't even keep a football scholarship, like sees this and is like, that's my... That's my well, to be fair, I can't keep ticket. a football scholarship and neither can you. Okay, well... So let's of, not hold that against people. Okay. For, we'll hold it against him. First of all, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Second of all, I could hold a football scholarship. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm, if it was flag football, maybe. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and if it was, I was playing in a middle school league. There you go. As a current middle-aged man. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> Needless to say, Marion here is like, okay, I'm going to make it as an actor. This wide herb thing. That's that's some good stuff. So he literally just clowns this guy, just like walks around, like learns his walk, learns his voice, and just starts imitating this Wyatt Earp, uh, who was an actual cowboy. And it, he he says he practices it in front of a mirror. Mm. He just sat at home, like trying to get it. Um, that's how I learned to cross one eye, independent of the other. That's also how Beyonce learned to cross one eye, independent of another. And then I read about that in a teen magazine like 20 years ago. And then you and, learned to And do I it. learned to cross one eye. You just do it in a mirror long enough, you can do anything. That's, if anything, if Marianne <laughs> teaches anything, it is the same thing you're teaching us right now, which is that if you believe hard enough in your dreams and stare into the mirror. You too can cross one eye independently. <laughs> you too can other. cross one eye, yes. <laughs> so Marion here is acting like this Western guy that he sees on set at the movies, um, trying to get some small parts. Ends up only being able to be get cast at, at, in, in football movies to start with because <laughs> turns out he's a football player. And, and you know what he can play really convincingly? A football player. A football player. So, Method acting. Exactly. Um, uh, so he gets, he gets it like bit parts, like extra bit parts, and uh, he gets put in the credits for the first time. And he tells him, like, what's your name? He's like, Marion Morrison. <laughs> I'm like, no. It so, is not. No. So they're like, no, no, no. So they start coming up with stuff. They're like... Duke Morrison is the first one he picks. Okay. Uh, and then Michael Byrne is another one that he <laughs> no. picks. Yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> and he's like, this is, yeah. So far, I hear three of the characters' name for four prop boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So Marion here is like doing these bit parts as a football player, but he really wants to play this wide herb thing. So he's like getting, he's like learning this walk in the mirror every night when he goes home from his football parts and moving props around. 1930, like five years of being a prop boy on the set and playing these bit parts. John Ford, who who like hired him first, still won't give him a part in a movie for real. But another director comes up and it's like, hey, I'm looking for like a, a cowboy type. And he's like, I got somebody who's been doing <laughs> practicing cowboy walks while they're moving my props around. But let me tell you about this guy. So so he, John Ford does not hire Marion. He he's like hi, recommends him like for this project for somebody else. Okay. He said literally why when asked why he's like I liked the looks of this new kid with a funny walk <laughs> like he owned the world just mm. you know swaggering swaggering around. Um, so this is his first starring role. It's called The Big Trail. Okay. When the director says, "Hey, John Ford said you've got the look. I'm gonna hire you for this." He's like, "I'm not an actor actually. Just you know." I just got this badass walk. You just got this walk. <laughs> and and the director says, don't worry about it. All you have to do are two things. Uh, you have to sit good on a horse <laughs> and point. Okay. And he's like, all right, I can do that. Um, 
He's like, but what about my walk? Yeah, he's like, do don't worry, you'll just be on a horse. Morning. Don't worry, you'll be on a horse. Uh, so, so like, okay, so what's your name? And they're like, he's like, Marion Morrison. They're like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. So literally, there's a meeting where he doesn't even get to come. And they're like, what are we going to call this guy? Mm. And they settle on the name John Wayne. Got it. Sturdy. Does not even get to pick, has no input in it. Somebody Like, literally, somebody like at a desk in a studio picks this. And they're like, this sounds pretty manly. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. It does. Yeah. Sounds very manly. Totally fake. Totally <laughs> fake. But sounds manly enough. They pick this name. Mm-hmm. He shoots this movie. A lot of shots of him sitting on a horse. Several shots of him pointing. Total disaster. Huge flop. Nobody <laughs> likes it. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. He's an awful actor. There's no, he's not a good actor at all. He's, okay. Best, sure, he, yeah, best yeah. thing he can do is like pretend to be wider. And that is the last movie he does for a year. Oh, no, everybody's not firing him. Just no thank you. Sure. So he's back to props. Back to props. Like, they're like, hey, remember that time you did that movie where you were like walking around like that guy? And he's like, yeah, it was a good time. She's walking around. So Marion is here just trying to make the best of the situation. Got his break. Couldn't quite cut it. Um, A year later, people are coming around looking for people to star in westerns. And this is like the super low budget disposable films uh they they called them poverty row westerns oh no uh or my favorite term horse operas horse operas horse opera horse opera like a soap opera but horse opera yeah exactly would watch 10 out of 10 again (laughs) don't never seen it any please if you have a podcast or a show or a book called horse opera i want it yeah, I mean, honestly, if we Send were going to pick me. a second title, Horse Opera is pretty close <laughs> follow-on. Um, yeah, so they basically were just looking for somebody. These There were B-movies and there were C-movies. These were like sure. C-movies, right. solidly. Well, we had Reagan, King of the B-movies. Yeah, this is like solidly, generously C. Where maybe. are these released? These are like in theaters? In theaters, right? Straight to DVD? Yeah, I mean, you're still <laughs> talking about, you know, the 40s. You're talking about Depression-era 30s movies, too, right? So, like... So, no Blu-ray. Yeah, they're no Blu-ray. They're in theaters. People need something cheap and quick to distract them from the fact that their life sucks and that they are just in the midst of the deepest financial crisis this world has seen in generations. Ugh. And they're, like, people are desperate for entertainment. They'll listen to anything. And so, they start this podcast called yeah, Your Heroes. <laughs> and it was... Sorry, wait, where was I? I lost my train of thought there. That, that's our business model. <laughs> Can't go Depression-era business model. So, yeah, between 1930 and 1939, Marion makes 40 of oh, these movies. wow. Yeah, like, just because, you know, collect your check for, like, you know, 20 bucks or whatever, on to the next one. Of this time, Marion was saying, uh, I hate riding horses. <laughs> I still hate riding horses. I, I go by truck everywhere on set I can at every opportunity. Why doesn't he like it? Is he just bad at it? Yeah. It's uncomfortable? He's or? not a cowboy. Right? Sure. He's a surfer. Right. It's from uncom- Iowa. From Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. Sure. Doesn't like animals. The horses probably don't like him much either. Don't like him much either. <laughs> it's reciprocal. So, so he's like playing this like rough and tumble cowboy guy and then just off immediately. They're like, okay, let's move over to the next ridge. And you just like, get this horse fucking away from me. <laughs> <laughs> give, me give me in the car. And then drives wow. over there. Yeah. Wow. Um, after 10 years, though, well, I guess nine years of doing these C movies after this big first flop, mm-hmm. got 10 years of clowning Wyatt Earp here, gets much better at his bit. Somebody's like, you know what? 
enough practice, you're ready for the big time. Gets his big break. Mm. So Marion... Like you're in a point twice in this movie. Yes. I mean, Marion gets the break of his career. It's a movie called Stagecoach. Mm. And huge hit. Huge hit. Uh, It's about cowboys fighting Apaches. The biggest takeaway from the movie is that it it is the quintessential American take where even though the whole premise is Americans coming into Apache land and trying to take it. So coming into Native American land. Yes. Right. Native Americans, the Apache tribe. Yeah, so colonizers coming in too. Yes. yes. Right. Expand, literally just like showing up and be like, okay, this land looks good. Let's take this. And then people fighting back and be like, no, there's there's not one moment where the Native Americans are not just shown basically as being murderous savages. Right. Sure. There's no like suggestion that like, oh, we're invading. Here's the American heroes. Yay. People eat it up. Huge success. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 1940, Marion had finally made it. Had like convinced all he the... had to do is be a super racist. Yeah, well, just yeah, go along with murderous, it. right? Racist, and now had made it right before the break outbreak of World War Two. Yikes! Now, luckily for a patriot like this young man, this is a perfect opportunity. Somebody who is playing all day at being. An American who's going out, shooting and killing people in the name of freedom. Mm. This is your opportunity. And in Hollywood, believe it or not, this is actually what actors do. So yeah, Jimmy, Reagan did it. Jimmy Stewart, enlisted. Clark Gable, enlisted. Henry Fonda, enlisted. Ronald Reagan, enlisted. Henry Fonda said, in fact, and I quote, I don't want to be in a fake war in a studio, right, when people are out there dying. Sure. Um but that is exactly what Marion did here. He was in a fake war in a studio the entire time. <sighs> Got managed to use some connections, get deferment after deferment after deferment. Eek. But did star in pictures about war. Uh, was very good at like fake guns and like fake shooting. Uh, um, like when it was actually came time, right? Too young for World War One. This was like the one moment to like mm-hmm. put your money where your mouth is. Marion here refuses does not somehow stop the myth right so like the one of the ironies of this is that all of the stars who like went and actually like enlisted joined the fight um somehow he gets away do people know that he's essentially like draft dodging (sighs) i mean like that's a good question right like it's not a secret but somehow the swagger like the character is enough where people either find a way to look past or don't really care to look too hard because they like want this myth enough and they just keep buying into it. So he's in his early 30s at this point? Yep. And throughout the 1940s and early 50s, Marion continues to go and appear in a lot of war films and a lot of westerns. Yikes. Okay. Uh, In fact, that's the only two types of movies he makes at all. Still C-list? No, after Stagecoach. Oh, now he's a star. Broke through. Got it. Uh, and now is like a big time A-list star. Wow. But a That's star all back then. that only basically does two characters. <laughs> One is like the Wyatt Earp knockoff, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get you. In a saloon. In a saloon. Okay. And then 
the, I'm a Marine captain, I'm going to get you. In a helicopter. In a helicopter, exactly. <laughs> sure. right? those, those are the two options you get. Yikes, okay. Um, people ate this up. He did 24 films with John Ford wow. uh, in the next decade, um, always playing the exact same character, essentially. Uh, but also one of the most bankable stars. Like, for 25 years, was one of the top 10 moneymakers in Hollywood. I can't think of any other stars in recent times that have been able to be that consistent. I mean, Brad Pitt, right? George Clooney. They're going on the 25-year mark. That's true. That's true. I guess I guess they are. I guess they are. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, so that level of stardom. Right. The, like, triple A list. With a tiny fraction of the actual acting ability <laughs> of either of those two people. Sure. So, apart from avoiding the war, is he, like, a super cool dude during this time? Well, um, definitely outspoken. Ew. About his beliefs. Oh, no. Uh, Marion is a very vocal conservative Republican for basically his entire career. Okay. Um, like another outspoken conservative Republican, very, very popular with people and very, very good at dodging the draft. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, so just a quick refresher on like what Republicans are actually like at this time. What does it mean to be a conservative Republican? In the in, 40s. In the 40s, 50s, sure. right? Um, he supported explicitly Joseph McCarthy and the House Un-American Activities Committee that started in 1938, mm-hmm. right? Which was, we talked about this in Reagan, but um, he started investigating, it started out investigating actual Soviet spies at some point, but then it quickly became what Truman would go on to call the most un-American thing in the country, Ooh. right? Um, so they did things like they, they wrote the Yellow Report, quote unquote, which argued for the internment of Japanese Americans, American citizens who just because of who their grandparents were, mm-hmm. were like stripped of constitutional rights and put in internment camps okay. during World War Two. House Un-American Activities Commission also uh, considered investigating the KKK, but passed. Mm-hmm. They didn't because it was, and I quote from the committee, an old American institution. I was going to say, oh, because most of them were probably in the KKK. Yeah, I mean, like, for if not explicitly in it, like... So, yeah. So what does it mean to be a conservative Republican in Hollywood at this time? Um, it basically meant that you were a proponent of and helping with the blacklist, which is the it was started in 1944. It was um, started by the president of the Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals. Mm-hmm. And basically it just meant that Marion here gave the names of people that he thought were communists to the committee. Like Reagan, informant. Like Reagan, right? Like called people up, tried to ruin their careers. And eventually this lost its power because the people who made the decisions about who was hired and who wasn't like just managed to stop caring and stand up to this authority. Okay. But at the time when he was like a number one A-list celebrity... Marion would actively enforce this, like refuse to work with studios that didn't immediately fire these people, made sure they never got hired again. So this is people like Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles. Right. There were Academy Award winners on oh, the blacklist. Absolutely. That, you know, right? we're making the studios money that were part of the institution of Hollywood and suddenly gone. Yes. And and Marion here is not just like timidly, like all in makes a movie of himself starring as a House Un-American Activities investigator. 
Yikes. Just like. Saying the thing out loud that yeah. you're not supposed Saying to say. Saying the thing out loud. And also, right, this is somebody who's like, for all their patriotism, didn't find it in themselves to serve, but was, and didn't actually find it in themselves to like run for office or be in these things, but was happy to play them and Had just a lot pretend. of opinions. Have a lot of opinions. Mm. Uh, and not worry, not really willing to do the work. So but he's got that walk. Got the walk. There's a certain amount of grace that we offer to people of their time, right? It's just that um, the hypocrisy piece that then influences the way that other people are treated, people who are different than them are treated, that's when it gets very, like, extraordinarily dicey. Yeah, and and the question is, right, like, always, how are they treating others around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so our best guide is just what he said, right? What he was willing to go on the record with. Is Um, he still going by Marion in his personal life, or is this like John Wayne 247? At some point, there's John Wayne, the character takes over. Okay. And that becomes his main name. Sure. Does he marry? Does he have children? Do we know much about his personal life, or is this... Yes. So let's talk about his personal life for a second. Uh, what, Don't skip ahead for me. No. What What are his beliefs about women? Mm, How does he tell. treat women? Uh, so he has three wives, mm. uh, several public mistresses. Uh-oh. Went on the record saying women have the right to work wherever they want as long as they have dinner ready when you get home. Statement. Yes. Um, he was happy to go on the record about gay people. Gay people are preferred. Mm. Best case scenario. Yes. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> in fact, in fact, uh, it there's a party in 1957. So uh, he he walked up to Kirk Douglas, who was again at the peak of his A-listness at the time, and um, asked him. So Kirk Douglas had played Vincent Van Gogh recently, mm. mm-hmm. and asked him why he was willing to do it. And the quote was, "Christ, Kirk." How can you play a part like that? There's so goddamn few of us left. We got to play strong, tough characters, not these weak queers. Mm. Which gives you a sense Yikes. of where is that? So, was. so also, so few of us left. The strong American men. Oh, the strong American white men who can't even ride a fucking horse. Yeah, who can't ride a horse <laughs> and are willing to actually enlist, but are willing Yikes. to take credit for it on screen. Mm. Um. Fun fact. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Bye. We've talked about racism on this show before. Almost every episode. Almost every episode. And a lot of it is because we are looking at people from history, and many of them are products of their time. Mm -hmm. Many of them are products of their time and still manage to somehow be incredibly racist even for their time. (laughs) John Wayne is one of those people. Unsurprising. So in one of those interviews uh this so this is not like a candid moment this is like somebody somebody was sitting with a microphone in front of john wayne and said how do you feel about black people today so one who's asking that question so playboy magazine is asking that question actually yeah and they're asking this question in the throes of the civil rights movement right like (sighs) in the thick of it when there's finally some progress being made for the first time in generations And John Wayne's quote is, I don't feel guilty about the fact that five or ten generations ago, these people were slaves. Now, I'm not condoning slavery. 
It's just a fact of life. Um, I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. Nope. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible black people. Oh, no. Yes. Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. Yikes. So imagine, like, this is the same moment where MLK is giving the yeah. I Have a Dream speech and just being like, God damn it, all we want are jobs and to be treated by the content of our character. Sure. And he's like, I believe in white supremacy. For the record, just history, just so you know. I want to go on. The, I want, you have a tape recorder rolling? Good. I want to make sure you hear to say this. I am a white supremacist. Whoa. Please. Yeah. Top it off. I. This is a quote again. I think that any black who can compete with a white today can get a better break than a white man. I wish they'd tell me where in the world they have it better than right here in America. End quote. This is, again, right, in the midst of people being firehosed and having dogs put on them for just marching for basic rights, like not sitting in segregated sections of a restaurant. Sure. Hey, Marion, the rest of the world, all over, America's a garbage fire for people of color. Yes. Turns out... Always has been. Turns out... That's like what the country was built on. The, is it, yes, yes. The, he, what, what, literally, his entire career, his entire career, is is based off of glamorizing and covering up the destruction of a group of people who did not choose to be part of America. Sure. And he goes on to say that he wants to make sure we are still oppressing. The other group of people who had no choice in being part of America, right? Native American people and American descendants of slavery. He is just explicitly saying, uh, no, you have it easy, you have it good, and we don't feel bad about it. Yeah, but me over here having to ride a horse every week, that's the real tough stuff. Right. Just to, like, make, put a finer point on it. So, Oh, we need a finer point just on this? To, just, just to make sharpening? it a little bit clearer, right? Saying, I'm white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Black Check. people have it good getting, you know, fire hose and guard dogs stuck on them. Check. When asked specifically about Native American people, John Wayne, Mr. Marion Morrison, said, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them, mm. if that's what you're asking. Our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a matter of survival. In those in- inequalities and are presently affecting any of the Indians now alive, then they have a right to a court hearing. But what happened 100 years ago in our country can't be blamed on us. Yeah. It yes, sure fucking it can. Yes, it could. Literally. It literally can. No one's asking you to feel bad about it. People are asking you in a position of power to do something about it. Making money off of telling the story of genocide. And and, and just, then having a platform and just telling the story, glamorizing the yeah, story of genocide. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Glamorizing. Worse. It's yes. Like the question is, how like, do how genocide do, but make it fashion? Yes. How do you uh, get a generation of people who are not that far removed from a genocide? Right. Like people who are growing up in the fifties and the sixties had grandparents who were actively participating in these fights. Mm-hmm. Not just murders and lynchings, right? But like ongoing oppression. Internment. Making it part of the structure yes. of the country. Mm-hmm. And how do you get a generation of people to not immediately say, that's horrific and wrong? It takes somebody with the guts of Marion. 
to say this is what is cool. Yeah. And this is what's American. Mm-hmm. And this is what being an American should look like. <sighs> and by the way, not only is that bullshit from the like sense of any kind of right in the world. <laughs> sure. It was bullshit to start with because he was a surfer dropout, right? right? It's bullshit right. top to bottom, all the way right. down. There's right. nothing real there. There's yeah, not so a what moment. I'm hearing is a lot of overcompensating for probably just, like, on the inside, being a little punk-ass bitch. Yeah. They're... Who contributed actually nothing except movies. Yeah, not just well, he did move props for like five years. So there's that. move props for five years. Honest work. Mm-hmm. Move props for five years. Given the chance once in his life to say, "Here's a gun. You can go fight Nazis who are actively trying to kill people mm-hmm. and like bring fascism to the world." Here's your opportunity. It's like I'm gonna stick with movies. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. Anyway, six pack a day smoker. Um, Six? That's like, that's like a hundred cigarettes. Yes, it's a lot of cigarettes. It is a lot of cigarettes. How long did this man live? 64. He l- got lung cancer in 64. They knew to shoot his scenes early in the morning. In he, 64. He was, a, he was a mean drunk by noon, they said. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I, to be fair, lots of people who start drinking before noon get very mean around noon. Yeah, turns out. Mm-hmm. Turns out. Uh, but got lung cancer in 64, had the left lung removed, <gasps> four ribs removed as well. Just one whole lung? Yeah. Uh, do they They don't still do that. They I don't just take not. out a lung. I guess they're like, I mean, maybe it's a last resort. They probably do transplants now. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, died while married to his third wife. Okay. But while living with his secretary in 1979. They were just friends. It's platonic. You know, as secretaries do. Um, had appeared by the time of his death in 170 films and had painted a picture of America, the conqueror of lands and peoples who stood in her way, the red, white, and blue. I have a strong suspicion Mr. Mary Morrison should not be your hero. Although I am very impressed by the number of cigarettes he smoked every day. That's so many. God. Just from like a nausea standpoint. If you told if you bet me, if you gave me a hundred dollars said, can you smoke six packs of, of cigarettes just a day? Just for one day? I don't know if I could do it. No, no. Any normal person would just be vomiting in the street. Yeah. You'd like take a puff, throw up, take a puff, throw up. That's wild. Wild. That's the kind of that's the kind of for two for Fortitude? That's the kind of fortitude mm-hmm. America yeah, is strength. made up of. Carcinogens. Okay, so that's a whole other episode, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Where can the good people find their podcasts on their phone? Um, well, if they're listening to this, they probably already found it. Oh, never mind. But what they can do is when they go to press stop, they can just very quickly hit five stars, leave a review if they're so inclined, share it with their friends. Um, subscribe on social media at Your Heroes Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. How about this? The person who leaves the best, most entertaining review. We do. We have stickers. We have swag. Stickers. We'll send you some swag. I have been mailing so many things in quarantine. Yep. I, I got a book of stamps. Let's make, we'll give you a shout out. We'll call you out. Yeah, we'll absolutely. You Let's do this. Great. Until, Until next time. Until next time. Wait, smiling. 
that's your line. You're right. You're right. It's your line. I was just going to steal it from you. Like a good American. The American way. The American way. Don't be a hero. Do not be a hero. Bye. Bye.